The following show contains spoilers for the first season of Squid Game. again hello again this is weird this isn't survivor yeah so we have a group of people here together uh to talk about the show that has made uh been making lots of waves recently uh is squid game we have gathered a group of people with a couple different perspectives on the show and really uh we just kind of want to talk about it a bit and maybe vent a little bit or gush a little bit. We got we got a mixed bag going on. Uh, so here with us we have Fred. Hello. Jimmer. Hey. Soaring. Hello. TB. Greetings. And me, Tune. Uh, for the most part, uh, Fred here has kind of a rundown of things that he wants to hit on, and or around to provide. Uh, additional commentary and discussion so with that being said uh just because of the nature of the show uh i guess we should start with uh we can each say whether we watched the show dubbed or in the original audio because i feel like that's an interesting point to start on i feel like we're all in one category here (laughs) we'll see about that uh i i watch it in korean with with yeah english subtitles uh i also watched it with uh korean audio and english subtitles i watched korean audio with english subtitles same Mm -hmm. and uh i also watched in korean audio so so we all did yeah with no subtitles (laughs) (laughs) well Wow. So Tune doesn't understand Korean. He he was just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're make they're making noises. They're yelling. Cool. Well, well. So here's here's the origin of this. Uh, when I told Kim to watch it, and he started it, uh, we we started doing you know the classic subtitle bit where he's like, oh yeah, I'll watch it in Spanish subtitles or whatever. I was like, oh yeah, you should watch it in German audio with Portuguese subtitles or whatever, right? And then, jokingly, I said, you know, with how predictable this show is, you could probably actually watch it in Korean with no subtitles and still grasp the entirety of, like, every character and what's going on. Thinking that he would never do this. And then a few episodes later, he was like, oh yeah, I just found out what the, like, first vote is for and i was like what the hell are you talking about are you actually watching it without subtitles and he goes yeah of course and i was like what <laughs> okay so, wait wait this, thought... this isn't a bit this, no this, this is, is not a bit this is, this is serious i watched this entire show uh really on emotions alone and help or hoping that the show would uh be able to show and not tell me what was going on uh, at, I thought this first, was a bit. At first, there were uh, a there were a That's couple questions <laughs> I had um, about the specifics or not understanding the rules. But really, for the most part, uh, watching through, I feel like it, it's not like there is a lot to 
to get necessarily. Um, Correct. It is interesting kind of just hanging out on the internet afterwards and like realizing that the characters have names and backstories and <laughs> things that happen. Um, Jesus. But, you know, it, it was fun to sort of go through the show and kind of assign nicknames to all of the characters to keep track of them and get a little more familiar with their numbers as a way of identifying them and just seeing what I could get out of the show. Now, I think the episode where this hurt the most was probably the end of the finale, but I'm sure we will we will get there in time. So yeah, this is so, going to be my my I big. Feel like it probably would have also sucked for like episode three or two, the one where they go back to the real world. Yeah, that that one was a you know just waiting for more interesting things to happen. But really, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, a bit of a lore dump here and <laughs> learning some things for the first time. Yeah, so so because of this, I thought it would be fun to start this whole thing with a bit of a, a, a bit of a a test or a quiz, if you will, and then also let you ask some specific questions. But basically, I just wanted to go through the like you know the the main core, you know, group of characters and just get your your nickname for all of them mm-hmm. because I I have to know and. Uh, just see what you can tell me about them. And the points, you know, don't matter, but I will give you thought points if I think that <laughs> you got a pretty good grasp of, uh, of the characters. All right. Um, let me pull up and uh, so, a cast list here so I can see some of the pictures. Sure, sure. I can also but give you They'll have the names underneath them if you look up the cast list. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, see if I if I saw this one coming I would have uh written these down and labeled them earlier, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, I have them, but I don't know if it'll help you. But so we'll start we'll start pretty simple. Tell me tell me about Mr. Gihun, aka number four fifty six, aka our main protagonist. Yeah, so this one I feel like almost uh in my experience through the show, this guy doesn't this guy doesn't need a name because he is there so frequently and his sort of facial expression is so recognizable at all times. There was never a point where I was like, wait, who is this person? Uh, just because so much is centered around them. Um, I did at a time try and consider a name related to uh, kind of stumbling through... Uh, these games but ultimately mm-hmm. anytime i thought of this dude it was really just the protagonist cool i will i will definitely give you a point for that because that's basically uh what it is um what's his backstory oh man so this guy has okay so this is really interesting because he is doing all the gambling in the beginning right and obviously the concept of the show is like everyone is is kind of down on their luck financially. But um, I think one part that confused me was in one of the early episodes where he returns to the real world and he like visits this other woman and what I assume is like his daughter. But then the like the other guy shows up and that part kind of left me confused, but I was just rolling with it. So I don't really know specifics, but... He seems like he was having a lot of fun watching the horse races. 
Yeah, so basically, it's, again, the most stereotypical deadbeat dad, but the they care about their kid, and then the, the woman he visits is his ex, who is, you know, remarried to, like, a rich guy. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's that whole situation. Important and then, to note is that they are moving to America next year. Yeah, and that is why... He's not going to be able to see his daughter ever again unless he gets his shit together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also a little subplot where, uh, that he can have custody of the child if he's able to prove he is financially uh, sustainable. Yeah. Got it. And his mom's also, like, dying. She's diabetic or something, but she's like, no, I have to work. Oh, I cannot okay, so that's hospital. The, that's the mom. I thought, yeah, that, was old, just a, I thought that was just a friendly, like, market lady. There was also a friendly market yeah. lady. Oh. There's a friendly market lady, okay. but that is different than his mother. Gotcha. Um. Okay, tell me about going from the main character to who I would call the main player... Uh, tell me about tell me about Ilnam, aka number one, aka old old guy. Number one, yeah. Oh yeah, number one is old guy. I mean, undeniably, this guy is here and he is old. He <laughs> doesn't quite seem to know what's going on at, at all saying. times, but he is certainly there. Cool, good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> tell me, tell me about. Our our best friend, our childhood friend, um, Sangwoo, aka two eighteen. So when you say glasses, so okay, yeah. So this part kind of confused me because there was this this guy, and then there was also the guy at the end, or I may have confused him for. Do you do you know what the number is of the the second place finisher? Two eighteen. That's the guy. This is this guy. This is this guy. He okay. loses his glasses like halfway through. Got it. I think that's what threw me off. I also thought that this was the the doctor guy. That yeah, no. I, I also got confused there myself when I was watching. Okay, so yeah, there there's some disconnect here where it's because the glasses disappeared, man. Yeah, I the thought doctor this... is one eleven. Yeah, I got confused here. So I thought uh, this is maybe a blending of the these two characters, I suppose. From my perspective, this guy was completely irrelevant until the finale episode. Um, so I didn't really, I didn't really have a name for him because I had no idea where he came from. <laughs> okay, interesting, interesting. Because yeah, so one eleven, who is the doctor, uh, was one of the characters that I was following early on, but. Uh, yeah, Mr. 218 kind of came out of nowhere for me. I did not realize that there was a prior relationship going on, which yep. is funny and, because it and... it takes a lot of the gravity out of the final <laughs> yeah. game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, fr- friendly market lady is his mom. Okay. Yeah. That's really funny. And they are like childhood friends and yep. whatnot. They grew up in the same neighborhood and they went through school together. But then, and uh, it's worth noting that uh, with all of like Songwoo is meant to be very brilliant, so he's he he knows like key strategies for all the games, and he mostly misleads the main group uh, to, into his advantage. Yeah, got it. Yeah, he he is the again very stereotypical, has a good heart, is childhood friends with the main character. 
but the game has corrupted him. Yeah, he and just seemed yeah, really that, mean at the end. And that that yeah. really comes to fruition in episode six, where he just takes a turn. Yeah, which I I never saw coming. Uh JK. Uh let's it's... let's talk let's let's go outside of the game okay. a little bit. And tell me about this this Junho, uh the the guy who snuck into the game for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Who who is this guy and and why 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 sneak in? Oh yeah, so this guy is like the spy. Um he also I don't know if it's his haircut or what, but he kind of reminds me of uh, of Jason from The Bad Place, or The Good Place, I mean, that show. Um, oh, to- yes. So that's kind of the, the character I was ascribing uh, on top of whatever was going on here, which made it a little more uh, interesting <laughs> as the story went on. I think the side plot was pretty interesting, um, but I didn't know why this character was here or what the goal was. And it seemed like it wasn't working very well. Take a wild guess. Well, just, just somebody sneaking into the game. Yeah. Tell me why. Um, I guess he's trying to expose the game. See, I thought it. I thought the story they were going for it was this guy was like a player who came back at, and like got promoted into being one of the red guys. Um, but then when they went on this extra plot i figured it was for some sort of revenge or exposure Mm -hmm. close uh he's looking for his brother okay so his brother suddenly went missing and when he's a police officer and so he went to like investigate it he found the the business card and then because he saw the business card at the police station when gihun went there Mm -hmm. uh he went to find him and was like, hey, what the heck is this? Give me information. Help me so I can find my brother. Um, and then, of course, the brother is part of the game and ends up being the main guy. Because, of course. And, uh... Oh, man. Yeah. That's, that, that was his whole <laughs> goal. Wow. Yeah. There's so many, so many of these prior relationships. <laughs> that's that's crazy yeah uh moving on to one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. tell me tell me about sai biuk um like i'll put the i'll say this now i guess uh i apologize for any (laughs) horrible (laughs) pronunciations um aka (laughs) aka number 67 uh yeah 67 so this is the you know almost maybe disappointingly in a way this is the girl uh there are not many significant female characters in the show compared to the male characters and we definitely always got a look at uh what this character was doing there wasn't a lot more explanation needed uh what fitting what do the, you think? The, the tropes of being there and being cool and getting stuff done boy are you in for something <laughs> yeah what do you think what do you think her personality is like um i mean the i i'm trying to think of another related character that isn't quite coming to me off the top of my head but i feel like this is someone that i i've seen before maybe in uh-huh uh, i don't know 
sh- maybe multiple shows. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> would I, you describe her as maybe a uh, stone cold outsider? Yeah, who's uh, a loner and and cool as a cucumber. Yes, but is doing all of this mean stuff for uh, somebody that they care about. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> exactly yeah. that. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yes. <laughs> take take a guess at her backstory then. <laughs> Although I I will say her backstory is more complicated than it would seem without dialogue, but yeah, yeah I know this marble episode is a big much. deal. Now, there's a lot that goes on in the marble episode. Yes, for sure. Yep. Which we'll we'll get to. The marble but basically, episode is very fun. Basically, <laughs> the the extra backstory that you don't get is um that she's a she's from North Korea. Okay. She she left, and that's why her and her brother are in South Korea now, mm-hmm. um, and alone. That's why her brother's at like the 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 children's um, the orphanage. The orphanage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she's trying to get money to pay a like investigator or broker or whoever to get her parents from North Korea to South Korea. Mm-hmm. So that's her whole thing. Yeah, this is definitely a very familiar character so mm-hmm. it was kind of a point checking in where it's like you know like you know exactly what you're gonna get here mm-hmm. now going to the opposite end of uh characters in general but also specifically the female characters mm-hmm. going from one of my favorites to my absolute without a doubt <laughs> least favorite <laughs> tell me about me neil aka 212 AKA I have written down as crazy lady. Okay. This is uh in a short one word or I guess it's a combined word nick uh, nickname. This is bathroom. Uh, <laughs> so many significant <laughs> scenes happen within the bathroom with this character. It's true. Uh there there are some significant that happen in the in the dorms, but uh we get plenty plenty of these scenes within stalls. True. Part of me feels like she's probably more sympathetic if you don't see her dialogue. <laughs> yes i i think i would completely agree with that she yeah um, she she hangs around she seems helpful to uh our, our number 67 um we get this interesting relationship with uh this person i have not yet given the nickname for that results in a dramatic uh finale for the pair i thought this character oh, yeah. was was fun to see oh, yeah. what they were gonna do next yeah, I I loved her for the narrative, but like as a person, is very she's very irking. Mm. Uh, yeah, she had the the lighter, which seemed useful at a couple different points. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Next, let's talk about my actual favorite character and who gets the least screen time of the entire group. Uh, tell me about Ji Young, aka Two Forty, aka who I refer to as Marble Girl here. Oh, yeah, this is a uh, girl friend because she, yeah. because she is not there. And then they're she, just, and then they're she, just really good friends. And then she guys. shows up really and then friends. they become friends. And then in a, a heart heart wrenching scene, allegedly, she dies. It's the end. Yeah. So yeah. they're very circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So this she is not a fair episode and dies the next one. <laughs> yeah, this is not a, a super fair question because 
all of her character comes from dialogue, but I still had to ask about her because she's my favorite and is also like maybe the best part of the entire show. <laughs> um, uh, and I'll talk more about it later, but like for a character that had an episode and a half, um, the Marvel episode and the way that she acts like as a character, but also like very literally like the person acting the character sold me on it. Like genuinely like for as much as all of these characters are including her are like very archetypal. Mm -hmm. I still got a little emotional at the end of, of that scene where she gets shot. I, I was like, damn, this is rough. Uh, especially when like six seven is like grabbing her, it's like, what the hell are you doing and whatever? And she's just like clearly given up and whatever. I'll give credit where credit's due. That that got me a little just because it was very well done. Well acted. Oh yeah, I yeah she I wasn't think, very good at marbles. I I think she was that, not no like finale to episode six and beginning of episode seven were like peak like all of these emotional lines all got like built up to that point and mm-hmm. we'll we'll, t- we'll touch on that here in a little bit but for sure that, that was one of the big ones mm-hmm. for sure so now now for the final character that we'll talk about uh because i do know the nickname for this one we we um, I th- we have two more yeah you're missing you're yeah. missing one yep so uh oh mean guy go- yeah going back to uh, the crazy lady in her relationship. Uh, her relationship was with uh, number one hundred one or Doksu. Uh, what what was your imp- like face tattoo guy? Yeah, snake bite. What? He's so cool. Snake, snake, snake bite. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's he's a got fantastic got a name. Snake that is right there by thing. his mouth. It only would have been better if it was like on top of his mouth, and then like when he. When he bit the snake, he bit. bit the snake. Also, like flapped its jaws. I think that <laughs> would have been yeah. really fun. Hell uh, yeah! This character, I I'm feel gonna like... get that tattoo now. <laughs> this character is, is very, uh, very good addition to this group, adding in some conflict, but also yeah. like the interesting side where they're all kind of moving forward together yep. uh, while still being the sort of like rival mean guy character. I thought he was really fun, and uh, this whole arc was was just good with this guy. I I felt that he was like literally a living anime character. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you liked him and found him fun. Yeah, he was one and of my he favorites. Is fun enough. He's just so cartoonishly evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I never vibed with that. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> just like, over the top that he, like you just kind of have to love it. He is written like pretty one dimensional for sure. But, uh, like, how he is, like, uh, it, like strong-arming all these people to work for him and creating his, like, army is... Yeah, he was doing good. Uh, and then, I, I don't know, I want to say compared to uh, the, the assassin, the number 67 character who, uh, you know, apparently ends up having this deeper backstory, I feel like... Um, our gangster friend here doesn't necessarily get that, or it's not shown as much. Where it seems like he comes he in, he comes in, he's mean, he's evil. He he builds his 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 gang, his alliance, the empire, and then, 
and then it crumbles. Yep. And he falls. Yep. Pretty pretty predictable, but also like well written in its predictability. <laughs> okay. And last but certainly not least, uh also one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh tell me about Ollie, yeah. aka one ninety nine. Yeah, this is uh curls, curly guy. Uh, yep. he got the hair going on. <laughs> curls. He seems curls is such a great name. Seems pretty friendly and having fun out there. Uh you got the great upper body strength. Yeah, you got the bright eyes out here of the crew. Yes. Yeah, he is the naive one. <laughs> and that's where his character yeah. starts and he, ends. He's very yeah. culturally uh, unaware, which makes sense from his backstory. Right. Yeah. I heard him say the word Pakistan. Yeah. Yep. He he is from Pakistan. Yes. So yep. I imagine he's yep. from there. Also, Correct. did you notice that he was not speaking Korean in some scenes? Um, you know, I I could say maybe. I'd say maybe. And I say that maybe because I heard it, and maybe there was like a subtitle that popped up anyway that said like speaking and whatever. There was no subtitle. Then I don't know. Yeah, I do. I I do think the only subtitles I saw were the ones where people were speaking in in English. Mm-hmm. Which, since we're kind of still around this uh this neck of the woods, oh sorry, it was... yeah, yeah. The, there would have been a subtitle when he was speaking for the Korean audience. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, it was very refreshing in a way after hearing uh, Korean for so many episodes to have people speaking English. It's like, oh, yeah, I can it, hear it you. was <laughs> the most <laughs> unnatural no, see, English ever. It makes sense because it's a Korean production, so they 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 want the Korean yeah. people that do know English to kind of understand it. So so they kind mm-hmm. of dumb it mm-hmm. down and where it feels kind of abrasive to like uh natural to like native Our English ears. speakers but to them it's it's justified in my mind. It was much easier to understand yeah. than the Korean. So like my my perspective on it is like I think it was decently well written. Uh, and I think it was very well acted for, for, you know, what the writing was or, you know, the translation. Uh, but it, like what I, my conclusion from it wasn't that they were dumbing it down, but rather like, because I don't think the writing was necessarily that bad. It's just, there's little nuances in English that, you know, a foreign speaker, you know, might not have for sure. Yeah. Which is, which is all this and more in your local linguistics 300 class. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Um, okay, so now that we've gone over the main group of characters, I want to I want to give you the opportunity to ask about any clarifications or or like weirdness things that you didn't get maybe. Yeah, I think the one ultimate burning question I have is uh what is going on in the dialogue uh with the old guy and the protagonist in the final <laughs> episode. I I don't fully get why okay. he's there, though I understand that he was not, you know, shot in that moment. But what are they talking about? So, uh, the old guy's the game master. Yeah. So, really? So the old yeah, guy's the, the game master? The yeah. old guy basically mm-hmm. created yep. this entire, like, con- the, uh, this entire game and, like, recruited other rich people in to, like, participate and fund and uh, use it for entertainment wow. because... They are to the point where they're so rich that they're bored with their life, and 
Mm-hmm. Now, an important thing to mention here is uh, the old man, uh, Ilnam, has a very bleak outlook on the world. He thinks that uh, that everybody's just kind of mm-hmm. out there for themselves and no, nobody is going to, to give you a hand up in life. And so, so does he feel he reignited makes an example of by this. the protagonist? Is that what happens? No. No? He oh, man. Know. That's sad. Uh, so what happens is they see a, a homeless man out in the street, drunken, and he's freezing to death. And he says, okay, let's have yeah, one last one, bet. One last game. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and they, they establish this relationship with each other during the marbles game as uh, Gambu, which is uh, like a... Uh, childhood nickname for like a a team of people or a team of kids that would like play the game together to kind of like play in an advantageous position uh against mm-hmm. the other neighborhood yeah kids. and like, like kind of yeah. like your closest friends as well gotcha yeah and so, yeah. so just uh, getting back to it one last game we're let's bet on see if somebody will help this dying by man midnight, in the street yeah. right mm-hmm. by midnight yeah and so because Ilnam is bleak and has no faith in humanity, he says, nobody will help this man. Uh, mm. I, I don't really remember what they're... Are they actually, like, betting for anything? Like, he's... Yes, 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 yes. Um, so he... Il, Ilnam says that if Gihun wins the bet, then he'll answer the question, which is like... Well, no, he says, if you take the bet, I'll answer the questions. He dies, yeah. you know... As and, soon as the uh, bet is fulfilled. Oh, I thought. I, it, I think it was if, it was you, if win. you win. But he did kind of like, kind of answer a little bit of the like the burning questions, but no like super good details. But uh, yeah, Gihun's, yeah. uh side of the bargain was uh, if if he wins, that he was going to kill him, uh, kill Il- Ilnam. Right. So. Right, right. Uh, as they yeah. go through, they're waiting and waiting to see if somebody's going to help this uh, this homeless man on the street. Uh, and then, when, finally, when somebody comes around, gets the cops, they they pick up this man, go get him the help he needs. You know, get get him off the street and into like into the warmth. Uh, right before midnight, he turns around and finds that Ilnam has passed away from his medical condition. Or so, uh, mm. not a satisfying ending for our protagonist. But I thought it was freaking brilliant. And it, it's never really clarified if Ilnam, uh, you know, saw uh, what the yeah. the people come and save the man in the street so we don't really know if ilnam's faith in humanity in his last moment was restored or not very very bleak ending for the character to be stuck in his ways enough to where he dies possibly not seeing the light in the good in people dang i think that was also the thing that got yuhun to start using his money um, oh yeah, that was a major point because uh, a year is gone, and Gihun just feels so guilty that he just does not use the money. Now, does he use the money for the gangs? We don't know. We don't know. So that's where the old man comes out of the shadows. Like VIPs have tried to get Gihun to use the money in like savings account with higher interest, but he says no. 
Yeah. And thus the old man blows his cover. And he's like, I was the master. And that's where the bet comes from. It was more of a morality of there is no faith in humanity that was mentioned earlier, but it's more he's trying to get Gihun to accept the money, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, because that was part of the dialogue. He was like, I forget exactly how it's phrased, but yeah, he, he part of the dialogue was him basically saying, like, it's your money now. Mm-hmm. And not using it is just as bad as, like, using it. Um, something along those lines. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you, I think you could, you know, but the very last game is also the Squid Game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think they, I think they say that in some capacity. They might say that in English. Oh, they do uh, say yes, that the, in the English. VIPs you're right, you're right. <laughs> the VIPs ask about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about, about the Squid Game and the, the meaning behind it. Yeah, it's just because it looks the the ground looks like a squid. Yeah, vaguely. You got a triangle <laughs> and you got a square, and the most important parts, the circles. Yeah, and then the squiggly arms. Um, cool. I think. So really, I yeah, think... really, this this show I think is interesting. Um, and or or in in the way that, um, stripping away all of the detail and all of the nuance. And seeing it for sort of this very base version of itself, which is kind of what I was expecting when you initially described it to me, um, mm-hmm. being able to like kind of dig into all the extra details is not only fun in a way, like digging into lore of like a series where you aren't given mm-hmm. like all the backstories. Um, but be able to learn them and get like the little bit of extra extra details on the characters uh, is a nice reveal. But um, Do, does it change your opinion of the show as a whole? You don't have to give me like your full opinion, but just like knowing these extra details, mm-hmm. does it change the way you feel about it as a whole? Yeah, well, I think no matter what, it makes it more interesting than if it than if none of these details were here right objectively but i think really though watching it the way i did i i did really enjoy um partly because it was different how you know we normally are we're supposed to watch a a, a show with getting all the detail um but kind of being freed by that and just trying to absorb as much as I could from context alone. And, you know, it's it's different from, like, watching something and, like, also being on your phone the whole time because I did f- feel like I was often paying a little more attention, uh, even in just, like, the dialogue-only scenes, just to try and, like, get some sort of understanding of the character. So... For like my unique experience alone, I I thought it was a pretty neat go th- go around, but I don't know if I would have really thought it was anything super special, even if I had watched it with subtitles. I see. So there there is one more thing I want to ask you about. See, uh, what you interpreted from it. That is, how did the last game end? How did the Squid Game end? The Squid Game end. Um, and see, this is where my, uh, my interpretation is going to mix with my 
not keeping track of every single thing. As far as I know, you know, he throws the the dirt in the dirt in his eyes, right? Classic trick. And then they pocket sand. Yeah, and then they <laughs> and they squabble a little bit, and then it's over. I well, see, I know there were rules to this this the Squid Game. You got to walk on the lines, and you got to be in the you got to be like in the attack zone or something. I don't necessarily care what the rules of the Squid Game itself here. I want to know about the character drama. Uh, you know what I mean? He was, our, our our protagonist was like, "All right, let's do Hunger Games," uh, and they go and he spares his friend. I now know is his friend, and he walks <laughs> away. He said, "We're done. The Squid Game is over." And then the red guy uh, says, "No." Nope. Now no, the Squid Game happens. Is that not what happens? No. No, no, that's not what happens. Okay, I'm kind of just so, guessing right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're honestly, you're, you got the setup correct. He does try to Hunger Games it, but um, so, the, so really quick, the really rule. quick. The the okay. one other thing that I don't think um, gets explained at all is that uh, with with the first the vote in the first episode mm-hmm. and any time presumably afterwards, if the people who are left vote to end the game. The, 50% the, right, 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 right. The majority. Right. Okay. majority. I, you're right. I do if, remember this. If, majority. Okay, so if the majority votes to end the game, then all of the money that's been accumulated yeah. goes to the families of the people that died. Oh, okay. So I did not know that the, part. So that's why, you know, the first vote is um, has an extra bit of, like, it's not just ending the game or not. It's that if mm-hmm. you end the game, then you have no chance at money, right? And then coming to the end... Where it's two people, he tries to Hunger Games it and be like, we can still just end the game. Yeah. But neither of them would get money. Got it. But the their families, families the would, or died. the families of the people who have died? The families of the people who died. Okay. That was a pretty pretty good move. Songwoo's not dead. The The, the soldiers aren't going to kill him. But Songwoo kills himself. Mm-hmm. Because... The, the outside world is still too harsh. If he's come yeah, this far, he's, he, he's, he's sacrificed not leaving so here without much, the money. Uh, not mm-hmm. like just not only in terms of like uh, what he has outside, but in terms of like who he is as a person. He has just lost so much of that that he sacrifices himself. Okay, now now this is something I'm remembering. Yeah, um, I think this is an interesting move. Though, in the context, um, maybe not an entirely groundbreaking one. Well, yeah. I, again, I, yeah. I think a lot of these interesting things for me is, and, and you know, Fred's stance on this is very clear at the at the predictable nature of the show. Yeah. However, there are not many direct comparisons I I'm able to quite make, but there are plenty of things that are seeming familiar for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that because I have thought about that too, where I'm like, I could bring up all of these specific things and somebody could say, okay, where else does this happen? And I couldn't give you something off the top of my head. <laughs> but, you know, that's not ex- exactly the point, but we'll get into that. Um, so now that I feel like, you know, we're all on the same page with like the things that happen, mm-hmm. um, I think now we can get into like opinions and stuff and. I'll I'll start with the things that I do like about the show. Okay. Because, you know, that's the shorter list. Um <laughs> so the first thing that stood out to me and why I instantly clicked to watch it as soon as I like 
read the premise is the visuals. I think the visuals of the entire show are like really, really cool. Um, everything from like, you know, the colors, the like, the, the The shapes on the faces. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Hallways. I think what's impressive here is not, I mean, like the whole design philosophy behind kind of the whole series is really interesting. I think what's impressive to me is how much of it is like the the set work that's been put into it. Um, yeah, because you know I could be totally wrong, but it seems like a lot of what they have there is pretty like practical. Like they have a lot of these things actually set up, and mm, it's it seems it's all way. very cool and unique, and certainly has like its own identity, and really hits that feel of like. Uh, like a portal or something where, you know, you're in mm. just constant constructed rooms, but mm-hmm. actually having them like created these things is, is really cool. And it really holds its identity in that way. Yeah. I think the, the two parts that stand out to me are the first game and pretty much any game where they do it, like in a specific like room that's been painted. Yeah. Um, because especially in the first game it's painted like this field right and you know that it's just a wall there but because of the way it's lit because of like when things are in motion in the moment it still feels like they're in a field right it still feels like they're outdoors in this like grand place which i think is cool because it's that like dichotomy between Oh yeah, you're outside and playing a children's game and having fun, but really <laughs> but you're, you're in also like also trapped. You're also yeah, you're tr- basically trapped and being forced to play this in like this cold, dark, unfeeling yeah uh, place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's pretty cool. I also like the the like funhouse stairs that they have to walk through to get to every game because it's yes. this, again the the dichotomy between. Hey, it's like a funhouse. Aren't these stairs super wacky and colorful while they're also basically on like a death march? Yes. You know? Yeah. And and that also, uh, in hindsight, serves a dual purpose that you might not think about. But uh, throughout the game, these VIPs have been spectating the whole time. So that serves a purpose of them getting to like get eyes on every player to kind of like try and do whatever like gambling or whatever uh yeah they first first they draft them and then they count the yeah, points yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> truly any trades any trades <laughs> i'm willing to trade four five six for 69 oh hell yeah so so it it definitely like it feels uh like wonderful and uh like very confusing but also there's a like unsettling aspect about it that Mm -hmm. just the the Mm -hmm. tone of their like march through these stairs and then like they have to take the picture and the stuff like that like it all adds to this like this feeling right for sure and i will totally give credit to all of that i think the direction itself isn't anything spectacular um yeah but, oh and and the music the music is incredible because every every time they're walking through this and and, and like a lot of the times when you see like the workers in the pink jumpsuits 
the 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 music is just riffing this same the same like melody back and forth the bump 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 which is like uh which is a very like mm-hmm. standard but it also like sets the tone because like even before the characters it's know effective. what is going on you hear this and you know that like mm-hmm. something bad is going to happen because it's a very uh very common musical uh uh, like pattern that represents death every time you hear it uh, in any medium. Yeah, I, I really, I really like these scenes. Uh, they really like invoke the like stairways in Hogwarts and yeah. uh, playing on the music is, is fun. And they do this with the uh, like the flute tune when they're like introducing a game as well, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. perverting like this playful sort of thing you would expect to be like fun, but you can really get the meaning of like the the vile evil kind of seeping around in there. One of the things I also like about it is that it makes you like think back to other moments in the show where, yeah, like for example, the wall in the dormitory. You just like mm-hmm. look back after you've been through all the games, and you're just like, "Wait a minute!" They're all, yeah, they're all painted on the walls. In the was back. that there the whole time? Mm-hmm. And I think revealing those as beds get removed because pe- people are dying is also like a cool little mm-hmm. detail. Yeah, and then there's also the ever like after we already spoiled it with the uh, old man being the mastermind behind it, where we had the two hundred to two hundred vote, and he's the one deciding it. At first, I thought it was the, oh, he doesn't know if he wants to play the game or not. And the answer is still that, but it's different motives behind it. Right. So, like, so like more. He's, con- he's controlling the decision to know whether the game suspends or not. Mm-hmm. But it's also worth noting that he's out in the world convincing people to get back in the game as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one bit of symbolism that I still haven't figured out what it's meant to represent is the gift boxes? Does anybody know what's up with that? You mean at the end? No, just no, all no, the like, all the coffins. Uh, yeah, there's there's an yeah, article I, I saw boxes. about this. Uh, if, if nobody knows uh, off the top of their head, there's a gift box in the storage container. I think some of the VIP room stuff had this same design. No idea. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pull that up for you real quick. In the meantime, uh, one thing I do want to mention that is also just really good is. The acting, which I mentioned specifically mm-hmm. with um, Ji Young, uh, but I think the acting is also just like really good across the board. Yeah, um, and really carries lots of moments that um, were very close to me not caring about them. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, and... But because they were acted so well, I was like, you know what? I'll buy into this. Yeah, that that. That definitely comes around in uh, episode six, specifically in my mind, is what sticks out in my mind is like all the character moments. Mm -hmm. Like from the moment you get into the game and they announce that, oh, the person you teamed up with is who you're playing against, the the tone just shifts and the acting and like facial expressions of every character are just on point the whole time. And it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. I also like that the 
big bad is also not just bad. Like, mm, well, well, the thing is, okay, I don't think I think I forgot to ask Tune about the uh, doctor part, but when the doctor's caught, he was killed specifically because he was uh, getting information from the game in return of. Uh, yep. Oh, yeah, I have problems with this theme. <laughs> I have a but, problem uh, with this whole this whole theme of like we're keeping the game equal, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, but you know, it could have just been easy to be like, uh, "Oh, you, uh, you are yeah. harvesting organs, die." But no, yeah, but was... he also killed the guy that took off the mask. Yeah, that but... worked for him. Yep, because because they were all conspiring to basically cheat yeah. the game. To, for their mm-hmm. own benefit. Yeah. So I'll take this moment to return to uh, this idea of the gift box that Soaring brought up. Uh, apparently this is really based on the art designer of the series looking into the mind of whoever would have created this game. And, uh, you know, looking at this article I pulled up, you know, kind of considering... Uh, you know, the incineration to be kind of like a gift to this person, a, a last act of mercy instead of just like leaving their their bodies laying around or being thrown into the trash or something. Uh, kind of this respectful sort of, um, you know, final departure as an act of like ambivalence that's that's fascinating i i i, I guess i think it's but <laughs> uh, i don't think there is any sort of uh like subtext or anything yeah yeah n- not as specific like oh this is the the true meaning so like uh, so w- when we see the the police uh guy uh in the records room right he p- opens a drawer and there's a small one of these boxes in there and i think he opens it, but we never get to see what's inside of it. I I thought the the list of winners, the list of previous winners, was in the box. I didn't think that was in the box. Maybe I. Just, I think it was like, a small I'm pretty, box. I'm pretty sure that was what was in the box. Maybe. Cause maybe I I don't recall. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It's also it's. Yeah. Eh. It's it's been a few <laughs> weeks at this point. <laughs> yeah, I also yeah. feel like it's it's not all that important, but I guess I will. I'll buy that it's like a gift because the police guy's brother had his business the the Squid Game business card in a box, so sure I'll 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 buy it. Um, and yeah, and then the last thing that I did like for the most part are the characters, and you know while all of them are extremely archetypal and do quite literally nothing to break from that. Some of them are at least likable enough that I'm, like, attached to them. As I said, you know, Ollie, Saibuk, and Ji-young, the three being... Those three being the ones that, like, I like and were attached to. Um, But having said that, I'll kind of lead into the problems I have with it, which is also the characters because they're all of them are just so one-dimensional the entire show the only characters that get like any development at all are the final three and the final three's development are like 
in my opinion, the bare minimum that you can have for your main three characters. And also their arcs are the most like, as soon as I had any idea, the things they deal with with that. The, the, really hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let, let me just finish it, which is like the the threes. As soon as I had any idea what these three characters' personalities were like, I could have told you their entire arc as characters. Yeah, but like at the same time, I think that's by design because if you are strung out this bad down to the end of your rope, a, a soulless husk of a person that like is in this position, like, how else are you going to be, you know? Sure, but I don't think that that, I don't think that that is an excuse for bad character writing. I get it. I I understand what you mean. But I think the whole point, if you're trying to, if you're doing that, then I have a different problem with your, like, theme. Because I think the point of being in this, in the point of, like, being in such a cruel, brutal situation as this game, I think you need to parallel that, or not parallel that, but I think you need to contrast that with the humanity of the characters so that the game itself has emotional weight to it. Because if you write all your characters as these, like, husks of people as a result of their uh, real lives, then why should I care about those characters? I think it would be more interesting if these characters were deeper and had more development and character growth to them so that when the game inevitably catches up to them and catches them in in its, you know, net of death or whatever, that I care more. I don't think there being a reason for these shallow characters excuses the fact that they were written this way but uh like as a uh as a like at a conceptual level like all of these characters except for gihun and uh ilnam were intended to die regardless like uh it, like as a writing standpoint it's written more like a movie than a series in my mind where movies can kind of get away with not uh, developing their characters as much because you're not going to spend a whole lot of time with them. And that's how it kind of presents it here, very cinematic style, where it's like, here's a character, but you're not going to spend a whole lot of time with them. And I think uh, this, I just want to jump in here. I think this is an interesting sort of thing, uh, this sort of like, uh, oh, I forget the term I was going to use. I was going to use a fancy economics term, but uh, just the like the cost here of like developing these characters uh, in a series where kind of the whole gimmick is you have no idea when people are going to go is a lot like Survivor, <laughs> and <laughs> it's interesting the sort of comparisons we run into there, where it's like what what characters are worth developing or you know giving. Uh, this like time or dimensionality to, and obviously like people on Survivor are different because they are real people, and they all have some sort of backstory no matter what compared to these TV characters. Um, but because the because Squid Game isn't really trying to keep anything secret, 
uh, and is going to use all of their major characters when they do uh, kill them. They're going to try and do it in some impactful way. And so many of them are just left as nobodies, just as numbers. I think, you know, they they could have stretched into it more, maybe. And I, I feel like that's a tonal representation of how they are represented by numbers. Mm-hmm. I thought the, I thought the the numbers how each person is kind of stripped down and how I treated them in this way as well was was a pretty fun way of uh getting this point across and it's more it's very simple too just having it be 1 through 100 or 456 rather than just being like you know a six yeah. digit serial code or something it's very like specific and personal so I mean, I I think I I'd also go so far as to say I don't think that Gihun has any character development either. Like until he gets out of the game, until he has like his his post game experience, he doesn't really change at all either. Yes, like, he, he, I he he enters the game and he and he's you know the happy go lucky guy. He's like, oh, don't worry, guys, we can all get through this together if we just stick together. We'll all survive this game and. And he, he he's trying to get everybody out alive up until literally the very last minute. Yeah, I do agree with that, but I will I will give him a pass just because by that last fight and by the end of episode seven, he at least seems to have more confidence, right? I will give them that, where, like, by the end of the game, he at least has been, like, you know... It's been shoved in his face that the game is, like, cruel and you have to be more confident. The fact that he was about to kill Song Wu, you know, says a lot about his growth from day one. I wouldn't say it's, you know, again, it's not a lot of development. It's not groundbreaking development, but it's something, and I will give I will give them that. Um, I, I think it more sh- it more shines in not the personal development, but the relationship development. Because, like... Uh, the relationship between uh Doksu and Minyo, uh, really took its took. It was like a it was like a five act play, honestly, where uh they they meet and they instantly like hit it off. Uh, they have their little fling, the falling out, followed by the the like uh like hatred between each other into the eventual acceptance that neither of us are making it out of this game and we're going out together. You know, that that kind of sudden realization at the end uh, on that bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it that That's where the whole development of that relationship culminates. Uh, and you see the, you see a lot of pairs of people and like in it relationships between people that's where the development truly happens. And while it's not quite revolutionary, it's still well-written and well-executed. And I I think I'll take that. I, I think a lot of where my biases in this comes from is I think of this show as just a, a forward-moving series of events. Mm-hmm. And when we're distracted by people dying and... Uh, betrayal and all that it is often hard to lose these individual uh like relationships in the weeds of things uh 
maybe that's just me. Maybe I personally am probably more uh, like attuned to individual character growth than I am as a pair. Like mm-hmm. I was aware watching it, like the uh, the 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 Doxu and Minyo uh, relationship arc, but like it's not until you were kind of saying it there that I really stepped back and like appreciated yeah. it as a whole arc than necessarily a series of events. I I will accept that the relationships are more important than the individual characters. I think that that's fine. And, but... and, and you see the same kind of thing with Ali and Songwoo where, yeah. where that ends just absolutely heartbreakingly and you, oh. you see like the destruction of Songwoo's character. The, the worst part about that episode to me is as soon as he said hand your marbles oh no i knew what okay, was coming okay, hold, on, hold, yeah. on, hold on hold on hold on hold on okay this is the whole thing so so first <laughs> i want to say while i accept that the relationships are the main part and that the individuals aren't as like developed or important as the way they interact with each other i i, I saying that we also need to treat it like a movie and that and all of these things i i think that that still creates other problems and things like if if we don't care about the characters right then why do i care about any any of these games right and it's, it's, it's so so a more general problem that i have with the show is that i felt no tension during any of these games Including episode six. And since we're talking about it, again, while I think episode six is a good episode and probably the best episode, every part of it is so predictable from like the starting premise of, oh, you get into pairs, but oh, you gotta play against each other. Isn't that a wacky twist? I I, I was like, as soon as they said pairs, I was like, it, I don't, I, I can see where this is going. It, it wasn't. I don't think it was really meant to be a twist for us, more so as a twist for the characters. Um, sure, but like, okay, so then I will continue, right? As soon as, like, like Soaring said, um, as soon as he asked for the marbles, literally yeah. every single audience member knows where that's going, right? Except for me. I, except for you, sure. <laughs> but like... <laughs> I, 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 like, yes, it's heartbreaking on paper, but I'm watching it. I'm just like, I can't care about this when it's so blatantly obvious what's going on. No, but that's the point. It's yeah, dramatic it, irony at its finest. Like, that, that is the foundation of dramatic irony, where the audience is aware of a tragedy that the people in the story have yet to realize themselves. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Maybe it was predictable. Maybe it was predictable, but yeah. I was always in suspense. As in, oh, how is Gihun going to pull this off now? How does he possibly? Yeah, see, I don't, get I don't, through I don't it? get that. Like, I, I think that's, that. I think because... that's Flying's point. Not and flying. like, <laughs> Fred's point. Right. And so, like, and so to that effect, the other reason why I felt no tension ever is because 
from the very beginning, from episode one, A, it's very obvious that they're not going to kill the MC. They're not going to take, like, a wild gamble twist pivot I was like that. This would happen. Uh, I eventually yeah. did have to give up. <laughs> right. And so, like, just, that's not going to yeah, happen. It's just because, like, you and, have this sort of cast where it's like, you know, we're given this main character, sure, but just because of the nature of the show. It would have been pretty impactful to, I think, kind of turn it around and dissolve from the main character format to looking at the group of who's left over. And then it really leaves things sort of up in the air because you're the whole time you're watching through. You're like, okay, this guy probably going to make it through to the end. So ultimately you have all these other characters on the side, which we will have the meaningful interactions with them for their stay but in the long term there's not much there and maybe this would just be worse for the show but i think it would have been interesting to leave us with the leftover group and see who wins from that see i i'm viewing this through a lens especially towards the end of the series that's very similar to like a uh, a horror film you know like where a lot of them are like as campy and predictable as they can get but it's the tone and it's the uh the like uh the emptiness and the the like bleak uh atmosphere at the end that really makes it shine on its own you know like when uh when uh Gihun finally makes it out he gets this debit card he has a whole lot of money in his account you know he goes home finds his mom dead you know and then uh he finds out that the one person he trusted and thought he betrayed in the game was actually pulling the strings from the beginning. Like all of this added together, uh, gives this atmosphere of like hopelessness. And that, that's what, uh, that's what the entire series was building up to. And so even if the characters aren't like, like the most groundbreaking, like crazy, uh, plot forward twist heavy characters you've ever seen it's it's all building up to this atmosphere at the end and that's why i hope there's not a season two because because this this was a perfect ending in my mind i okay so to your horror game point i get it in terms of what you said about like how predictable it is but i think that Squid Game fails to do what the horror game makes up for when it comes to that predictability. Because horror, like, and I feel like it's such a big deal that this isn't a movie. This, this is, yeah, this is more of a thriller, right? Which, right. Which goes kind of hand in hand, and it is very thrilling all the way through. See, I don't even agree with that though, because again, I I cannot get invested. I cannot buy into like the fact that I'm supposed to feel tense in a moment when I, again, I know exactly how it's going to play out. I know that the main character is not going to die. They make it very clear by episode three that they're not going to kill a named character, right? So I I know going into, like, the sugar game that there's not going to be any consequence to this game. 
Right. I, I think the absolute worst part where this comes up is the tug of war game, where literally yeah. every named character is on one team. Right. And <laughs> so, it's just like it's it's moments like that where I'm just like I, I I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm supposed to take this seriously. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to feel tense in this moment, but I just I can't. When the MC is like hanging off of a rope over the gap, why would I care? I know he's not going to fall. I know they're going to win the tug of war like i know he's going to get through like every single game and so like at a certain point when every single game ends the exact same way where main character is sprinting or like you know the timer's running down to its last few seconds and the mc's almost there almost done almost at the end of the track right how many times are they going to do that how many times are they going to have you know the main character step out over the finish line at you know zero uh, 0. 0.01 seconds before I before you know the audience gets sick of it because it, it feels like they're trying to th- this kind of situation this kind of writing feels like feels like what, what a, a a child would think of as like being the most intense thing they've ever watched right it's like how does a person how does somebody make something tense it's like oh what if the main character you know, barely squeaks in. It's like, sure, that's fine. But when you do that three, four times during like pretty much every game, at a certain point, I I don't, I stop caring, right? Like at a certain point, that's, it's just starts being cheesy to me. What, you didn't like it when Gihun got stabbed through the hand and he just like didn't care? Like, right. And, And to compare it to something else, to compare it to like, you know, when I think of like how to build tension in a show or a movie or whatever, I think of like I think of Death Note. Yep. Right. Where like one of the most tense scenes that I have ever, or the, one of the most tense I've ever felt watching a piece of media is when um, Light is talking to Naomi and trying to get her name, right? And when she, you know, spoilers. Sorry. Um, when she finally hands him her driver's license and everything's coming together and the handoff happens and there's like a you know one of the cops that we know of walking behind them and all this stuff it's it's so tense because it's it's well executed and because like even though you could say oh it's predictable because of course light's not gonna, gonna get caught there instantly it's like sure but there's still consequences that can happen i still have to think to myself is the cop gonna see them is he not gonna see them at all at all is he gonna see what happened but maybe not see light like is he you know there's all of these there's there's consequences to the scene that i can think of right which makes which adds to the tension of the scene that does not exist in any of these squid games you know until like episode six sort of but again predictability but like you if if the first name character and the first consequence of a game happens in episode episode six then you have episodes like, you know, three, four, and five, which are irrelevant. You know, outside of like the character development, I guess there's it. it the, the that whole middle section is like fails to be a thriller. Yeah. Uh. So things that that really like, um, like especially with like the honeycomb game. It wasn't things like, oh, is the main character going to get out of it? Because, of course, he is. Like, that's not something that was really, like, getting to me. It was how 
do they get out of it? Like, it's it's not about whether it's going to happen or not. And things like uh, uh, me, uh, with Mino using the lighter, like, I like, what if they get caught cheating? Or the the doctor, like those were the the main like key pieces that were there to like hold that suspense. While it might not be as dramatic as some of the later stuff, it definitely was there to serve that purpose in at that time, as opposed to the the focus on Gihun. It, it didn't really matter whether he was gonna make it or not because you knew it. But, uh, and then later on, uh, the, like the most intense parts of the show I feel are with, with the cop who was like trying to sneak around and make it through there. And then he, and then like his whole like getaway sequence, like that was the most thrilling part, uh, of the, the, the whole series in my opinion. Okay. Sure. Sure. I, I agree with that. I think that. The, the stealth mission that he was on was the most exciting. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah. But, but the, the, yeah. So they, they, they add in these extra pieces to give you that feeling while not detracting away from the main cast who, you know, is going to make it through to a certain point. So th- there, there were other elements there to serve that purpose for that time. And then towards the end is when it started to all fall on the main cast's shoulders, especially with, like, the bridge game. Sure, but then, like, why why is this not a movie, right? Why do we have to spend so much time on these games that, if they are not intended to be exciting, why are they there, right? Like, you know, mm. if if they are going to create this tension with they're 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 more of like a world building Mm. kind of thing i guess but like initially sure you see you see how they work how they go down you see background unnamed characters a plenty just get freaking blasted all the time and it sets the tone and it adds to that tone that's been building the whole time it Right, but 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 then but then, so so, sure. But I feel like it just doesn't execute on that tone because if the tone is supposed to be like this bleak, people can just die over the smallest thing, right? Why don't they just kill a character? Why don't they just kill a character that I care about in episode like three or four, just to set up that like the people that you know and, you know, get attached to can die. Because, like, I, like, why, how do I put this? They, they, they do. They kill the doctor in episode four, Yes, right? but we don't care. Okay, sure, let, let me rephrase. I don't, that's, that's also not within the game, right? Yeah. Um. But that, that's also, but that's within the story and you're actively watching that plot point play out with him like sneaking around trying to and then like him snapping on the the insiders that he was working with sure 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 like, but but let me i don't think that that does what i want here i don't think that that tells me that any of the characters that i actually care about can die right cuz like let's to compare it to something like 
Attack on Titan, right? Attack on Titan makes it very clear very early that, like, any of the characters can die. Yeah. You know, sure, you can say, like, oh, yeah, of course, the main character isn't going to, but, like, everyone else could. And that creates this this constant tension anytime there's conflict. To compare it to something like this, where, like, sure, I understand that there's, like, some unknowing to, like, you know, like you said, if she's going to get caught with the lighter. But I don't feel that because, again, they make it very clear that they're not going to harm their main cast until it's, like, until a specific episode. And so I can't even watch this and be like, yeah, this is exciting because of the side cast and what they're doing, you know, even ignoring Gihun, because I also know that they're not going to kill a main character. Or not the main character, but, you know, kill one of the main cast. So even in these games where they're, like, in a predicament, in a, like, um, you know, a um, precarious situation, I... I know they're not going to kill that character. So why would I feel tense watching it? That is maybe something that we can't answer for you. I think what is really interesting having kind of sit in and and listened to so much of this is uh, it's really interesting. I'm not sure if you are putting yourself in a position where you are like willing to move from where you are. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put this on a way as like, uh, like attacking your position necessarily, because I think I agree with you. And I also agree with some of the other points, but I do think through hearing this, there is a lot of subtlety that you are like pushing to the side in favor of things that I guess have just been like established tropes over time uh i do i do think the idea that maybe you know we are not supposed to necessarily be in suspense for this main character because they don't really hide it and i think that's the point uh i think considering the show more on the atmosphere it's building yeah and the you know bigger character moments rather than the smaller ones are kind of the the main objective it has going on i think i've found myself over the course of this really kind of shifting my perspective based on uh you know all the extra little details we've gone over yeah i think you can do both i think you can set an atmosphere and have these big character moments while also being a thriller and being tense in the episode to episode but i feel like if you add stakes to the main cast like early enough like that doesn't allow them to develop the same way where you get those payoffs like in episode six and that that's the main reason why they held on to them for so long you know what i'm saying i mean maybe but I, I, I can't help but to think of something like, something like a Danganronpa, right? Where like playing through Danganronpa one, you instantly get all of this. They, they create this like really eerie atmosphere, um, yeah, and also have all of these like really like t- 
tense moments as well. And like, and it's not that, you know, of course there are some characters in it that don't get developed, but even some of the like early deaths have so much development in like the same amount of time or like, or less time. So I, I think a lot of that is through like in making that comparison. A lot of that is through perspective because you're, you're out, you're at a fixed perspective where you're not seeing everybody else develop until the big climactic moment where in this you're you're seeing everybody's story and how they interact with each other instead of keeping it in secret until it all floods out at once where like Dongan Rampa that's what they do like until you get to the trial and then you start like zoning in on like who is the person who uh who killed this person uh, you don't really see a lot of that, and everybody and all the characters are just kind of like stagnant until the drama picks up. Where this kind of has character drama like sprinkled throughout, a- and the perspective is on everybody all at once. And uh, your perspective is supposed to be like similar to that of like the VIPs throughout something I'm throughout Squid Game. So. Sure, there's a difference there, but then I would say that, like, I, I, I just, I really feel like it doesn't use that difference to its benefit. Like, yeah, and and your comparison to Attack on Titan, other than like a few specific, like big, uh, climactic situations, uh none of those stakes really exist either because you know your main cast is going to make make it through it the people that don't are like people that are just have been just introduced most of the time uh and until like the like i said the big climactic moments and you can't really build up to big climactic moments more than once or twice within with a series of this length i don't totally agree i understand what you mean but like even when there were still characters very early on in Attack on Titan that feel as if they're going to be long standing characters. And I think ripping those away are what creates that feeling I get. Right? It's not that, you know, if we want to get full spoilery, but I don't think we need to. But like, th- there are characters early on that like have very clear relationships with other characters. And given such a big cast, these characters with, like, development at all and backstory and relationships, you would think that those are the ones that are going to stick around, right? Because especially early on, you don't really know who, like, the main cast is yet. And so it's a take away a character that... you kind of do. Kind of. But to compare it to something like this, where, like, you definitely do, I feel like there's still a difference there. And especially, like, you know... I feel like early Attack on Titan, there's only, like, one example of this. There's two in Season 1, in my opinion. But it depends on how spoiler we want to get. I don't know if anyone here has seen it. Um, Following wait, show wait. contains spoilers for Attack on Titan <laughs> Season 1. Keeping a list. And Death Note. Yeah, I got a list going. Um, 
Okay, well, hold on. Has everyone here seen at least Attack on Titan season one? Maybe, maybe yes. we should get out of the weeds a little bit here. I feel like we're going really far down a path. <laughs> see, yeah, see, see, I'm I'm drawing a comparison to like Game of Thrones, where like, uh, typically you're gonna have like maybe one big climactic moment in the middle of the season, then one at the end, and that's like a traditional structure. So, and this definitely follows that sort of same structure where you have your big climactic moment at the end of episode six, and then you have your other one in episode nine. Like, you you have your two big beats in the season, and that's kind of standard. Like, um, and... Yeah, but I think that that works because they're... I mean, the characters just seem better. I, I haven't seen it, so I can't say for sure. I can't say that with confidence. But with better characters, I think that the structure of the show works. And that's sort of... The, that's the thing. I can, I'm can. i pointing out all these, like, specific things, and you can say that, like, they're not problems, it, you know, because, you know, show X does yeah. it. And that's not a problem there. It's like, yes, but when all of these things... All these things that I have problems with come together, then I look around at the show as a whole and say... I have nothing to like latch onto emotionally because it's like if all of the characters are archetypal, if all the characters get you know little development, relationships are you know fine enough. Um, there's no if there's no tension, right? If there's no like all of these things, then like I I don't know what I'm supposed to be like. I I feel that you are like mentally taking a sidestep whether intentionally or unintentionally, to avoid the tension, because it definitely is there. So I feel like we're kind of, you know, at a stalemate here. So I, I'd like to move on to something else. I'm just going to throw my quick hat in the ring, where I see, I, I think I mostly agree with TV that, uh, you know, that, that it does follow a pretty typical structure. But also, I feel like, it could have gone a long way if in like episode one or two, we developed a good relationship with a throwaway character who, you know, yeah. died right. like immediately. That's, that's all I needed, dude. So like we, we had uh, the, the girl from the Marvel episode. Her name escapes me at the moment. Uh, but like we only yeah. had her for an episode and we, we really, you know, loved her and, and got, uh, you know, we, we were sad when she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that they could have established a character like that in episode one just to to demonstrate stakes they did but they waited to pay it off until episode six and well that's the thing i think think that that is too late like it is like it's not that they don't do it at all it's that it's too they take too long to get to that point now i don't think that uh that ruined the series for me but i I think it would have definitely raised the stakes for sure yeah right that's the thing i'm not i'm not saying that this is like unfixable things like they're, they're very yeah pretty easily fixed with something like that right obviously just writing a new character is a lot harder than it sounds but like yeah. that's all i needed if it just if they establish like an ollie type of character like another you know just another gr- uh, of that group to be included to kill them off without making it obvious i'd be like okay suddenly i feel like they're willing to kill off characters even, even if they don't then at least, like, I can buy into the fact that they might. But they don't do that. And that's where that problem comes from. I was literally about to say, what if they had, like, uh, 
the Ollie character, not uh, from the uh, Red Light, Green Light game, that saves Gihun but dies. And thus, Gihun feels guilt. I think the problem with the stakes that we had with Gihun was that the stake was ultimately death. But maybe he feels bad about others dying, and that's... Well, yeah, and yeah, so here's here's the other thing. A character does not need to die for there to be tension. I want to also make that clear. But there has to be some kind of consequence, right? So with... Well, well the consequences in their home life. Like, if they don't make it out, they basically abandon all the people they're trying to support. Yeah, but that's that's just death, too. Like, I, what I'm saying is that if you're not going to kill characters until episode six, right, then you can create tension by having a consequence outside of that. Like Jim said, say there's a character that, say there's a character A that character B cared about. You kill character A or you like, if you don't win the game or whatever, if you don't help them, then character B is going to be sad because character A dies. Even if character A is not relevant to the overall story, then there's still something there that affects a, a relevant character, you know, going on. It's like, there doesn't, you don't need to kill characters, but you have to give me something that makes me feel like there are stakes here other than the one... It's a, it's a show versus tell kind of thing, right? You can tell me that, you know, money, death, whatever, in all of these games, but if I don't feel that, if, if you don't give me a reason to believe that, other than you just telling me that that's the case, then I don't... I don't... I can't buy into that. <laughs> I feel like we just found our episode title there, Money, Death, Whatever. There you go. <laughs> and like yeah. well it, I, I feel that yes, there are things they could do better. Like any anything has that really. There's there's very few examples of something that like is executed one hundred percent perfect. Like Of course. Um But why do I feel like there's so many obvious things? Because when I I can watch a show without, you know, being this critical of everything if it gives me something that I can be like, oh, that was, like, a fun part of it or whatever. I don't know why, like, if that's the case. Am I, like, am I just watching this show wrong? I think so. I yes. think so. Honestly, I, I think like, so, I, yeah. Like, am I supposed to just turn my brain off and say, like... I don't know if that... Oh, yeah, this is just is, brainless fun. I don't fun. know if that is it, but I feel yes. like you are just scrutinizing this more than you are, like... Not not as it's supposed to, but, but I just but am like, confused where it's all coming yeah, from. But I don't do this for, like, any other show is the thing. <laughs> To me, all of these things that I'm bringing up were so obvious when I was watching it. I went to be clear. I went into this show very excited, right, Fred? I think there is one fundamental misunderstanding that you are making that is probably what's ruining this for you, and it's that this show isn't necessarily about who lives, who dies. Who it's about like the human condition, man. <laughs> uh, okay, but, but it's meant sure. to be a social commentary on what people will do when they're desperate. So it's not okay, 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 about okay, great. who's going Perfect. to die. It's about what even, they'll do even, to survive. Even in this case, even given that, even if I'm, you know, watching this totally wrong, it's not supposed to be a thriller. It's not supposed to be, you know, this like really, ha have these really deep characters and it's like this, you know, emotional character drama. If it's, supposed to be a social commentary on like 
you know, the economic situation of, of the world, but specifically Korea, then why am I watching a, you know, nine episode, 45 minutes per episode show instead of Parasite, which just does it better? Because society told you to. Well, that's that's another thing I think that is worth mentioning here is that Squid Game, you know, unmistakably has very much blown up. But I feel like at the time Fred watched it, it was kind of just before that wave was hitting. Like Fred, Fred had watched the series, yeah. and he was and like, he was I had, I had heard it. of it. People were like starting to talk about it, and then I was like, oh, it's like you know, the first time it has ever trended on Twitter. I'll look at it and i read the synopsis i saw the like you know little netflix preview and i said this looks cool i really like this premise i'm going to watch it right now because it hooked me and so watching through it and i you know i came out of it thinking like yeah that was all right you know it i it didn't blow me away but i didn't hate it either but just seeing it seeing how much is blown up and how everybody talks about it like it's the greatest show ever existed I just think back to all of the things that bothered me, and I don't know why nobody else sees these flaws in it. Uh, I, yeah, no, I I don't think it's the greatest. I, I thing think ever it's exists, severely sure. overrated myself. Like I enjoyed it, but yeah. I, it, the internet has gone away with this show and mm. brought brought it to a new pedestal. But it it still does everything it's trying to do very well and tells a very good, like tight knit story. <laughs> it feels like a Squid Game to me feels like the Rotten Tomatoes where you see a movie with like a hundred percent certified fresh, but the average score is like seven point two. Or it's like I'm just saying I, the same <laughs> conclusions, but I th- I think my when I was uh, reviewing Citizen Kane, I gave it a two. <laughs> so oh wow yeah no I don't mean like the overall like score I mean the tomato score is a hundred because it's like did you like it yes how good was it yeah, it was all right like across the board. That is another factor, yeah. Okay, one thing that I have to bring up, because I have to, I need your justification for this scene. I've been waiting yep. for this. All right. The entire uh-huh. time. When, <laughs> this is the moment <laughs> that... Is it the VIP? No, no. Give me a second. Oh, okay. This is the moment, th- the this VIPs, is the one moment but they're meant to be in needed. the entire show. I think this is the moment where it clicked in, in the back of my brain where I was like, you know what? I am watching this show wrong, but not for the reason that I just explained. Explain to me how you felt when they were throwing the marbles into the hole. It all comes back to the marble episode. (laughs) This is really interesting, I think, in a show where it's hard to maybe tell how seriously you're supposed to take it. And this moment... I feel like kind of betrays either side where you're either supposed to just like kind of let it happen and have fun with it and ignore like the repetition of, you know, getting through the games at the last second and, you know, the different, you know, games uses plot devices, um, you know, in this specific moment, right, where we have Snakebite uh, throw this marble, and it's, like, at the very end of the game they're playing, and he throws it, and it lands right on the edge of this little, like, divot. Oh, that... d- wait, dude, it's right by the edge? <laughs> wait, what could, wait, wait, dude, what what could possibly happen doesn't make here? it in. You're like, oh, no, like, it didn't make it in. Oh, that was it. Wait, dude, that was his last marble. That mean, dude, there's no way, right? Oh, I yeah. can't. 
Dude, and then the other guy pulls as long as out this guy just, As long as this guy just doesn't do, you know, doesn't do that that really stereotypical thing where he like throws it and then it hits the other one into a it's, winning position, you know. Yeah, it's it's drama for the sake of drama, you know. Like, <laughs> okay, it, is it drama or is it funny? It, it was kind of <laughs> because funny to, because because to me, I when the marble lands right next to the hole, I had to pause and sit there and be like. Somebody wrote this scene, and it's yeah, going to so play is, out yeah, part, exactly the, the suspension the w- of the suspension of disbelief does kind of go out the window in that specific instance. This, this is the part where I have to admit I was too dumb, and I just assumed the other guy was going to miss, and they were going to have to pick a new game. <laughs> like See, I thought, the guy was going to make it, yeah. and then so, the snake bit guy is just going to like dive and collect all the marbles. I saw that, and he's going to be the one that lives because of that. There's. There's only so many things you can do with marbles. No, but... okay, so here's 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 the thing, right? I think that I would have I would be less frustrated with this show as a whole, honestly, if if they just removed the scene and instead gave Snakebite some kind of character development where they're like playing marble they're doing the like on and even thing or whatever, right? But then something like that Snakebite notices something about this other guy there's some kind of tell yeah right where he can he knows what's going on where something clicks right suddenly if they play that scene like that and snakebite has some kind of development as being like oh you know what being in this like you know high tension gang situation in his real life he's picked up on like these you know tells and whatever so he has that experience he is fairly intelligent but instead, they just write the dumb one of the dumbest scenes I think I have ever seen w- w- with this throwing thing. Yeah. Where first yeah. of all, he's just like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're winning by like, you know, ten marbles or whatever." Let's just invalidate all of that and play a different game. And then the like circle guy's like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, okay. Yeah, and, I I I feel you on this one. Uh. But as for like the betting on the marbles, like it that does very well fit his character for for Doksu because he is a notoriously bad gambler. That's how he ended up in this situation. So I I can see like their idea behind wanting him to find a way out of the like gambling and try and do something more skill based. But it, it just it didn't. It didn't bear fruit. That's that is for sure. And like, sure, I'll accept that that is why they're doing this instead of him wanting to continue gambling. But yeah. I think they should have just changed the character then and made it a cooler moment. And not to mention the fact that yeah. like, it, it, it's one of those moments where I could see why they wanted to do that, but the way they did it was just meh. Yeah, and not to mention the whole like. When the second guy throws it, yeah. and it lands, like, several feet away, and then it's in slow-mo, and it slowly rolls up to the other marble. It's just, like, I... this fe- It feels so indicative of yeah. the problems that I have with the show. Obviously, nothing is, is this bad. Like, this is the peak of my problems with it. But, like, I can't watch this scene and imagine that everything else was written in this like 
brilliant way that I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, the whole, like, the whole concept of him, like, questioning his authority and then him getting singled out by this other player and getting nervous about it. I feel like that was an attempt at developing his individual character that just didn't work. And yeah, because also it doesn't they, go they, anywhere. Because w- literally the they next could game, just, they could, <laughs> for goes all they of could that. have just had him uh, stay cool, calm, collected, uh, and like his overwhelming presence intimidates the other player into like losing basically for free like and it would have brought this it would have it would have been the same result it would have been way more interesting contrived i i i 100 agree with you on this aspect for sure yeah because to me right in a in an episode that i do again think is the best episode it just feels like it also betrays like everything that they're setting up yeah right like i'm willing to buy into the whole like they're setting up a theme here and six is like the climax of that where everything comes together you know i'm willing to buy into that but then they still do things within that that betray it right like i i like i can i still ignore how they like disconnected each like individual cell within that episode it so it didn't like ultimately betray the whole theme of the episode but it did it, it did the feel that there was a disconnect in in those specific scenes but that's just something you like look at and you're like okay that could have been a lot better oh well kind of thing you know sure and maybe it's just this is like you know my feelings built up to this moment but it's just like i can't this is the moment where like i i couldn't take it seriously and there's just like yeah there there are other moments too where it the show is just so cheesy right especially the finale right and like I, the other thing that I couldn't believe, this one was mostly funny, and I didn't have as much problem with it. <laughs> is it the is it the K-pop hair? No, no, it was the <laughs> fact oh. that so so finale right last two they walk through the door they see Squid Game they're explaining Squid Game and whatever and as they like go to get into their positions, guess what happens? Starts raining, out of nowhere. I could not believe that they were pulling this it was an artificial environment but wasn't it sunny didn't they have the roof open i i mean yeah they showed earlier they were you know they're like on the coast yeah i to see into it yeah and i I know that there's a roof but like uh, but again so like this issue would have not been an issue if they just showed that it was you know the roof was closed and they artificially did it and again would have added to the theme of, like, they are just for the entertainment, right? They are using this fake, like, rain to create a seat for their VIPs. But they didn't even do that, right? So I have to assume, based on the fact that it was, like, sunny, or it looked like natural light when they walked out, that this is supposed to be a sudden rainstorm. And I just, I, like, I... there the, these This moment and, like, the Marvel moment, I just... Don't know why they are here. <clears throat> I mean, monsoons are a common weather phenomenon in Southeast Asia. 
I, I'm not using that to justify it, but that's like something sure, that sure. that for the intended audience could be reasonable. Yeah, and it, again, I'm not I'm I'm not that mad about the rain. It was just like it's this moment combined with the other one where I'm like, there's just these super cheesy cliche moments that I feel like betray you know, the tone and theme and bleakness that they were trying to set up by creating these, like, cheesy, funny moments. I mean, Pathetic Fallacy is just, like, a staple of art that I genuinely didn't even think about. I'm just like, of course it's raining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we should probably try and try and wrap up our, our final thoughts here. Okay. So, so, last thing. I will talk about two scenes that I think were genuinely really cool. Okay. Um, one of them is the end of episode seven, where they're all on their beds and they have like their knives or whatever, right? And they're all trying to stay yes. up. Um, Gihun walks over to uh, Saibuk and they have like a conversation and whatever. Um, and, you know, they're just talking. He's like, she's like, hey, let's, you know, if either of us get out of here, take care of the other one's family. And like that, you know, again, saw this coming from a mile away for Cybex like development, but I still like the interaction. And then he, he even gets up because he sees Sangwoo fall asleep and is going to kill him. And she stops him. And it's like, okay, this is again, a cool moment between them. And then Gihun sees uh, or knows about her injuries, and it's like, okay, I'll go get help. And it's calling for a doctor, and blah, blah, blah. When they open the door and walk through with a coffin, the camera cuts as he turns around, and we see Sengwoo standing over Saibyuk. Yeah. That is, like, that is the best moment in the series for me. Because it was just, like, the one, you know, as I said, nothing has, none of the, like, twists and whatever character modes has surprised me. This is the one that, like, actually did catch me off guard. And was like well executed because that, that was like a stomach drop moment yeah. where like he left her, he was trying to get help and whatever. And to turn around and see this guy standing over her and know exactly what happened, I was like, damn. I was like, that was actually super cool. Yeah, that was very good. And that was one of the like best individual character development moments uh, that are that are like not very prevalent in the series, but that was one good example of it. Of you, you can see Songwoo has taken that like final like drop in his character where he has just completely lost everything uh, of who he is, what he stands for. It, 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 he has been overtaken by this game, and then that's the snap that sends Gihun like to this point where he's like. I'm okay with killing my best friend. Yeah, for sure. Although speaking of this thing, I just need, I also need to say the, the fact that she got inserted during, uh, the glass shattering is one of the dumbest things in the show as well. So I, I want to talk about this glass shattering actually, cause I, I had wanted to bring this up earlier, but I kind of got lost in the big old, uh, stakes debate. Uh, the freaking editing at when all the glass is exploding is yeah, the weirdest yeah. thing in the entire it was show. Weird, but it, <laughs> it, was, it was all right. 
It all slows down. We see them scratch their face, and then we don't get the immediate payoff of, oh, she's actually injured by this until the next episode. Yeah, yeah and it's also just like, <laughs> why are they doing this? Like, sure, it's for the show, for like the VIPs or whatever, but like, I, I have to think, think about it in terms of like the script, in terms of the writer writing the scene. And it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's lazy to me to kill off a character with this like, super arbitrary I mean I think that is almost poetic in itself you have someone who is almost a lock to win the game when we're down to this final three especially compared to the the protagonist who is much more like mild mannered um, to take out the person who you know has been so successful and has been trying so hard and has this very clear path to the end uh, just be sort of taken out just like that uh i think is an interesting way to handle that yeah for sure and when you think of the alternative is it good you know you know she could have just fallen through a panel and i feel like this sets up the opportunity for you know the the bed scene that you just said was so incredible yeah yes i can say that the payoff is good i think the setup is still awful I, I just, it's just like sure i i don't think they needed to show that specific shard of glass like impaling her because it it set up a, a little bit of drama just like a little drip feed that eventually spun into that amazing scene so i i'm fine with it where it is on that like i have no qualms with it sure I'm. I'm. But, I'll, we'll give it a pass. The, the but ed- I just. It is dumb. The the slow mo editing was a little like okay. It, it, they're just trying to like show off a I little think bit. What might have made this know. a little bit better for me? Like I I didn't mind it so much, but I think what probably would have improved it a little bit is if it didn't. If the glass didn't like properly like kill her, like she was basically dead and finished yeah. off. Uh, if it had just like disabled her leg or something. Yeah. I, I agree then, with that. Yeah. I think that would have made for a lot stronger because it would have put in tension like he wanted uh Gihun wanted to help her, uh, but couldn't and then uh Song Wu uh you know took her out as like, Oh, she had no chance. I think it would have been much more dramatic and much more dark as well. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's all right. Uh, and did did you have one more thing, Fred, before we wrap up, or was was that the last thing you wanted to touch on? I did say two. I don't remember if it was just the. I think it was just episode six talking about the conversation between Ji Young and Saibia, because that one is also pretty flames. Oh, it's 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 yeah. beautiful. Like again, as soon as they were talking, and I could tell it's like, oh, this is the like. This is the upbeat because she has nothing to lose character. I was like, okay, yeah, she's going to just give Cyberker marbles like every single time. But again, the acting and the fact that like you can tell so clearly that she's given up, but it's still uh, for, for Toon's context. This character has abu- had an abusive father. Oh, right, who, right, right. who mur- murdered their mother eventually, and then she murdered yeah. her father in revenge for her okay. mother yeah and he also like you know sexually abused her and stuff yes, like yes. it's it's bad um but yeah so like 
you know, she got out of jail and then went to the game. So she, she actually has nothing to lose. Um, but again, like the acting is so good when she's like, you know, just like starting to cry and well up, but she's still like smiling and just being like, it's fine. Like it, you know, just, you know, continue on without me or whatever. It's just like, it's a good moment. And of course the, you know, Hey, thanks for playing with me with a gun next to your head. It's just like, ah, I'll give credit where credit's due. That was good. Cool. All right. Well, we we've touched on a lot of things, heavily debated some major, uh, major themes and (laughs) topics from the series. Uh, kind of drug out a little bit, but I think we've had a good time here. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we covered yeah, I think a lot. Ultimately, you know, this is a show that is pretty compelling. Uh, the acting really is is phenomenal. A lot of the issues we've had, or at least you've communicated, Fred. You know, not really with the performances or the characters, just what is done with the you know the the writing, the story, the writing, or the you know the editing of particular scenarios for me i think my main criticism is that i would have liked the games to be a little more like fun and creative because we started out on a pretty high note but then from from there it just got kind of more like muddy and like okay now we're doing you know tug of war cool now we're doing a 50 50 glass game now we're no i felt like they could have had a little more fun yeah (laughs) so so here's the other thing really quick it's not gonna i don't think it'll become a big thing but i think a lot of my problems stem from the fact that they were very limited on what they could do with children's games the premise that they created right because like when i think of when i think of you know a danganronpa when i think of like other death games there's so much more room for to play around with when it's something like tug of war yeah there's only so much you can do when it's something like the marvels game yeah there's only so much tension you can create right um so, you know, while the premise is what hooked me, I think it also ultimately led to Betrayed, yeah, led yeah. to what a, yeah. what a lot of the problems were that I had with it. Yeah, I don't want to say it needed to be more lighthearted, but I feel like if they had a little more fun with it, it it could have maybe come out a little more interesting. But they definitely have a stall like a solid tone throughout. Sure, cuz again, like I bring up all these things none of them are necessarily like problems in and of itself having these cheesy silly moments isn't a bad thing it's just that when it is tied in with you know the tone they're trying to create these other problems i have with it then it stands out i think what tune was like possibly getting at there is the the the, uh like red light green light uh doll is very striking and it gives an otherworldly sense to the game whereas like the honeycomb game was oh if you screw up i'm gonna shoot you yeah yeah and then the marbles was like when the game is done i'm going to shoot you yeah and also like the, like, the most if, creative if they got on the wrong was panel tug fall. of war has a <laughs> yeah dude don't didn't don't did you love playing that game as a kid like was i the only one that that did the glass yeah, thing? yeah. The, the issue here is that you didn't play fall guys <laughs> fair fair um so i guess to close out i just want to ask like a one overarching question which is am i supposed to take the show seriously there there needs to be a level of suspension of disbelief but for the most part yeah i think okay yeah i think that's the best way to put it yeah so uh i plan on never talking about this show ever again especially (laughs) not in front of fred (laughs) 
come back in two weeks when we when we talk about uh, Alice in Borderlands, and I have the exact. Opposite. Oh, that's a that's a that's a very pod show. The, when I have the exact wait, wait, opposite hold on, hold on, opinion. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, uh, do you actually think that? Yes, I, I love that oh, show. Oh, good. Uh, I've only heard terrible things about this show. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm all so right. down well, to watch it and have to another one of these. Uh, let, let's. <laughs> and then you and me, TB, we'll 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 overcome our differences here I, 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 and, and team up yeah, for if, this if, one. If you're on, if you're on the like sort of hater side of Alice, I, and I've yet to finish it, I just got through episode six, I think, of Alice in Borderland. So it, I'm like, mm-hmm. but right now I'm like. It might be coming off the heels of this show a little bit, where I'm just like, okay, this this is extremely ridiculous. But uh, I watched Alice in Borderland like a year ago when it came out, so also like the shows, like I wasn't coming hot off the heels of Squid Game. I wasn't focused on comparing them as well. Like I I, I think that like just go briefly. Okay, into my hold thoughts. on. I save it. Alice save Borderland, it for yeah are we actually doing this are we actually we got we got to get out of here (laughs) we we might we might (laughs) okay we'll uh we'll 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 let people have a chance to watch it and then we'll we'll talk about it and if we have enough thoughts on it we might do a show i need to go into detail now we don't need another series to spoil (laughs) all right so uh as we're wrapping up here uh if you have managed to uh get all the way to the end of this um I would recommend going over to rngshow.com. That will take you to a big list of all the uh, episodes that we've done. Uh, Mainly right now that recently as at least Survivor. We have Survivor uh, podcast for every episode where we do a fantasy draft at the beginning of the season. And then we talk about the episodes, keep track of our points, uh, have fun throughout. I guess I don't need to mention a spreadsheet for this episode. Um, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I re- what I really <laughs> would like uh, on a spreadsheet is just a big database of every single oh, numbered geez. person with a little picture of them, you know, from whatever this scene they popped up in. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks to uh, Mango for listening through and editing this episode. This is gonna be a long one. Sorry, Mango. Thanks to Subtact for the use of our theme song. Step up. And whether you come back and listen to a Survivor episode or we do a Alice Borderland episode, uh, see you then. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye. I can't believe y'all trashed on Alice in Borderland. <laughs> <laughs>